Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is David Opposing the Matrix. Finally back after um, two weeks and three days of um, this nasty little COVID bug that we all got here. Um, thank God it's all over with, or for the most part, anyway. Um, I still have this cough, and if I cough during the show, I apologize. But um, you have the privilege of knowing that you will not get it. Because unless they invent um, electronic COVID, um, <laughs> God help us if they do, um, then uh, you're far away from me, okay? Not that it would matter. I, I mean, I, my last fever was about five days ago, so um, doing better. I was going to do this show the night before last. And realized that the coughing was still out of control. And then last night, the coughing was still out of control. Well, today, it's mezza mezza. Uh, that's um, Italian for half and half. Mezza means, or mezzo means half. So mezza mezza is half and half. Okay. Um, anyway, so I decided to get on here tonight and try this. I can't remain silent much longer, folks. I <coughs> Okay. Um, if I keep going on and on saying, oh, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. You know, nothing's ever going to get done. So um, we're going to press forward and press on. Okay. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, we did a show where we did a um, a video. I can't remember the guy's name now. Um, anyway, he was talking to, about the dangers of COVID and how he wasn't going to be silent anymore. He was going to start getting militant. It had a nice letter from um, one of the listeners, and if, if you are one of those, the, pe the person that wrote, thank you. Um, but he was really congratulatory towards me, um, saying that he was glad that I didn't interrupt the video to express my opinion. Well, uh, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. And, and interrupting the video to express my opinion, while I do it once in a while, it would be rude, okay? I can store things up here. I'm still able to do that. And if I need to emphasize what was said in there or, uh, you know, build upon it, then I'm able to do that. And I can wait till after the video is over. I mean, if it was a two-hour video, I, I would probably jot notes down, you know. But um, you didn't come to – well, you did. You came to listen to me, of course. But you, when I'm playing a video like that, you came to listen to the speaker of the video. And I'm not going to rob anybody of that. So, um uh, Kudos to the guy who wrote to me. Thank you so much. And um, it's just little things like that that kind of really just bolster you up, you know, and uh, make you want to press forward even more. Okay, so um, really a quick encapsulation. About two weeks and three days ago, it was a Friday, I came down with uh, what, what this was. Um, I don't know if it was Omicron. I don't know if it was Delta. I don't know. It, it could have been... Um, you know, I don't know, but uh, it definitely was a what I would relate to is a very medium flavor flu. I've um, I've had flus before, of course, we all have, and I've had them to where it lays you up in bed for two weeks and you just can't move. And I've had it to where you know it's, it feels like a head cold or something. You just press on and get over it. Uh, you know, you go to work and you got the chills and everything else, but. Uh, Boy, if you went to work nowadays and told people you had the chills, they'd probably set you up for attempted murder or something, you know. 
But um, so anyway, I, I caught it. I suffered with it. My wife did too. And um, we, uh, we muddled on through it. Um, one thing we did do is I went, um, I'm not going to tell you where I went, but I went and got some ivermectin in liquid form. And I was able to calculate um, two ways. Uh, the first way was the lady that sold it to me said that she used it with her family and that they took 10 milliliters a day. No, one milliliter a day, which is 10 milligrams uh, for five days. And that uh, their father, her father, who's um, maybe a little five or six years older than me, uh, he had the, the, the infection. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, and he got over it quicker and by, by taking the ivermectin and, and they never caught it. Well, when I went to pick up the ivermectin, I was at the beginning of this. So it was a little too little too late, but it did help me. It really did. I think it would have been a lot worse. Um, it was me and my, my wife and daughter and son-in-law that took it. And, um, I have no regrets and I will not apologize to anybody for taking it. Um, funny thing is I, I talked to a doctor again, no name, um, because I like the guy and I don't want him to get in trouble if he could from this. I seriously doubt it. But, um, I was talking to him and I said, you know, I says, don't get upset with me. I said, but I took ivermectin. He goes, no, I don't get upset anymore. He says, it's, you know, with everything that's been going on and all the confusion and everything else, he says, basically said something like it is what it is, you know? Um, he said he got tired of suggesting to people that they take the vaccine. And I really think that he's done a little research on it. And um, maybe he's uh, become a little hesitant now, uh, even though he's vaccinated. But um, I don't think he's pushing it on people as much as he was. Okay. And yes, I said it was, he was a he. And uh, so if you want to really push it, you can differentiate between the probably about the 150,000 he doctors in the West coast and, um, and see if you pick the right one, your chances of that are null and void. Okay. Uh, so anyway, um, it worked for, for us. It kind of uh, ebbed the tide, so to speak. And, uh, my son-in-law, man, he was like, <coughs> he had a fever one day and, uh, and after that he was feeling fine. And my daughter, she had more symptoms because, uh, she came down about the same time that we did. And, uh, and it was all because we were all exposed to some kid that turned out to be a carrier and, um, and gave it to us. So, um. I don't have this hard feelings toward the kid. You know, he didn't know. He didn't find out till two or three days after we all have been together. So, um, anyway, but one of the things that really ticks me off is pharmacy. Okay. I worked in pharmacy for 25 years, 25 long years. And I wasn't a pharmacist. I was a tech. Okay. But when you're a tech and you're working in a pharmacy setting for that long, especially a certain specialty of pharmacy, uh, you start getting, you start learning things. Okay. Actually you start the first day you work there and you learn what drugs can be taken with other drugs and stuff. 
and and I got pretty good to the point where if, if I saw that um, something was being given to a patient and I knew what the patient had, I would walk up to the pharmacist and say, hey, you know, and there was this really cool pharmacist. His name was Steve. Okay. Salt of the earth, really. And, uh, and he became a friend. Okay. A workplace friend, but a friend. And uh, so I'd walk on Steve, you know, and it's all in the approach. Okay. It's kind of like baseball. It's all in the wrist action. Okay. Um, no, I'm left-handed. So here. Um, so anyway, uh, I said, you know, Steve, you know, this guy here, he's getting this drug here. And then, and I just packed up this drug here, you know, is, is that, do we want to give that out? And he'd look at it and go, oh, thanks for telling me. Because they get so busy that they can't, they can't catch everything. Okay. So they were really appreciative of the text that would walk up to him and say, you know, very respectfully, because it's like the military, they're officers. We were enlisted men and women. And, um, so you treat them with the respect they, you know, when a person goes to college for five or six years, um, you learn to treat them with respect. Now, there were some pharmacists I wouldn't, I wouldn't give you a dime for. Okay. And you could tell they were just in it for the money. They didn't care. Now, if you remember a few weeks ago, um, I showed a video of a pharmacist and the lady gone in and asked her to package insert for the, the, uh, uh, COVID-19. I think it was the Moderna that the guy gave her the package insert for. And, um, she was very respectful towards the pharmacist and asked him questions to me. She was being a little too pushy, but you know, I guess he, he was okay with it. So anyway, um, the, some result of that was toward the end of the video, the pharmacist said, you know what? He says, I, you're right. I have no right to, to inject people with this. Um, and then I'm about ready to give up my pharmacy license, you know? And I'm like, wow, man, that's awesome. Um, and there's so many different branches of pharmacy this guy could get into, you know, but anyway, he's, <laughs> he worked for a major chain of stores and I'm sure that his bosses saw this and, um, he probably didn't last too long after that, which is a shame because he was a good guy. He was honest. Okay. It's always good people that get, um, that take it in the shorts. Okay. It's always the good people, the ones that want to lie, cheat and steal and don't care. They, you know, they retire from pharmacy. <laughs> it's the good ones that, you know, have a conscience and, and don't want to hurt people and have sworn not to hurt people and want to live up to that oath that, uh, that always seem to suffer. So anyway, there are good pharmacists out there, but I'm starting to notice that a lot of them are, are into it for the money. And, um, and a lot of them are, are brainwashed. It's the only way I can put it. And they're brainwashed because they read things like uh, this rag we're going to read from today. And I call it a rag because it is. It's it's a dirty rag uh, called Pharmacy Times. Okay. And that's my opinion. Uh, and maybe your opinion after we, we read through some of this stuff and kind of dissect it. And, um, and we'll go from there. But anyway, um, it's uh, it's a shame when when you go up to a pharmacy and you... Um, well, here, here's an example or maybe a group of examples, but being, being the education, giving the education that I have when it comes to medicines and pharmacy and stuff like that, um, I am able to discern, that's a good word, um, 
what's right and what's wrong a lot of times. And um, I remember one time the uh, the doctor saw me for something and um, I was, what was it? No, that's not right. Anyway, the doctor had prescribed something and I noticed, I noticed it had an interaction with one of the medications I was taking. And um, usually when you go to a pharmacy, you're supposed to get a consult from the pharmacist. And to tell you the truth, folks, it's supposed to be in a room where nobody else can hear it. If you go to one of those places, keep going. Okay. But most of the time it's, you know, you get called over to this other window and if anybody's standing two or three windows from that or behind you, they can hear everything that's going on. So there is no privacy. Okay. And that's, that, that's a big no, no, that, uh, that's a HIPAA violation right there. And, um, so anyway, he's explaining this stuff to me and I, I'm like, no, this still doesn't sound right. And so I got off the phone and I was still at the center where I was, I was seen by the doctor and I called the doctor and I said, Look, doc, something's not right. You know, I, I told this assistant and she went and told him, but anyway, what are we going to do about this? You know? So I waited and, and, uh, they called me back and they said, you know what? You're right. You know, these two medicines shouldn't be taken together. And I'm like, well, why hasn't the pharmacist picked this up? Because one, he should know. Two, when they're running the computer, if something interacts badly with something else, I mean, the computer does everything but flash, you know, like this. You'll get these little red banners across the top, you know, check, make sure that, you know, the doctor really wants this. And, um, you know, this medication is, has a black box warning. Uh, and then another little line might say this medication should not be taken with the other medication please check with the physician, you know, and stuff like that. And um, so with all those things coming up now to give the pharmacist a little bit of a break, um, a lot of times these things are run by technicians. Okay. The computers are run by technicians who, who uh, print out the label and yeah, they see that warning when it comes up, but if they don't tell the pharmacist, the pharmacist has no culpability in the matter. Okay. Uh, well, he kind of does because he's the boss of the pharmacy. But at the same time, um, you know, it was in, in a way, it was sort of out of his hands, his or her hands. And um, so anyway, um, these are all things we need to be concerned about. But even going a little deeper than that, when you look up the word pharmacy and see that the original word is pharmakia in the Greek, and that it had to do with um, making preparations to cast spells to, you know, this is the origin of the word, pharmacy, pharmakia. Okay, that's, that's bothersome, okay? Um, back in the old days, they used to call them chemists, which has a better ring to it in my, my terms, but uh, still they're, they're mixing things together. But back then, they were real pharmacists. Okay. Nowadays, um, a lot of these guys are pill pushers. Okay. And I don't mean anything bad about that is what they do is they just stand in back. The tech fills it, um, puts it there for the pharmacist to look at. He looks at the label, he looks in the bottle and then looks in the, in the bottle that they filled from to make sure it looks the same. Um, if they're a good pharmacist and, um, and then, you know, the, the product goes out to the customer. Um, 
However, sometimes you know, pharmacists will say, well, I've been working with this tech for 20 years. You know, he's good. Um, I can trust his judgment. Well, you know, which is kind of nice to know. But at the same time, if my pharmacy license was on the, on the, you know, on the chopping block, I wouldn't do that. I would check every stupid bottle that goes out. Um, so anyway, we have drugs that are dangerous that they're given to us. Just about every drug that comes out of a pharmacy has an, either an interaction with another drug or it, um, it, um, is bad for you. It could cause an, a drug allergy. It could, um, you could just have a bad reaction to it uh, other than an allergy. Um, it's just, you know, you see it on TV all the time. You know, uh, they'll, they'll show a, a drug on there, you know, call your physician to see if you can get this. And, and then they go through this litany of different things, this whole list, you know, and it gets, it's, it's you know, hives, you know, anaphylactic shock. And then it gets, you know, coma. <laughs> and then it gets, you know, death. And, and I'm like, you know, I'm sure you have to say that because you have to be honest and let the public know everything. But if, if you notice that when they start out, they start out slow. And then when they get to death, it's like death, you know, and it's like he moves on. Um, so anyway, um, I don't particularly trust, especially when we go into this pharmacy times, knowing that pharmacists read this stuff and they, it's almost like uh, if you're a believer in Yeshua, and you read the read the works of some um, Spurgeon or you know one of the commentators, you know, it's nice that they wrote about stuff, you know, and you can get fed from that stuff. But um, at the same time, it's an opinion of a man. Okay, it's not the Holy Spirit reading to you from out of the Scripture and explaining it while while you're reading it. It's some guy that thinks that he has the answers and has interpreted it correctly. And that's not always true. Um, I remember buying a Dake's Bible. And um, now, please don't write to me if I got this wrong. Okay, this is kind of like a what if or whatever. But um, because I, I bought it because I like this commentary on Genesis 6. A very long commentary on Genesis 6. But if you looked at his commentaries on other things, he didn't believe the same as me. Now, the chances that somebody's going to believe the same as me are, you know, vast and none. <laughs> you know, we, me and you, um, my wife and I, we tend to agree on a lot of things, but not on everything. Okay. My wife is a pre-tribber. I'm a, I'm a mid-tribber. Okay. You know, we get along. We love each other and um, we're willing to let each other have our opinions, you know, and um and it's really great it's um it's a really a a uh, an act of grace on both of our parts um but just because a guy has gone to school for six or seven years to get his doctorate in pharmacy doesn't mean he knows everything and if he reads pharmacy times and other periodicals and and um and where he's reading opinions of people and and you'll see tonight, I got to get started here real quick, um, that a lot of these opinions are just that opinions. Okay. You're going to see like things like um, 
scientists believe or scientists suppose or stuff like that, or um, in vitro lab studies. In vitro means outside of the body. It means in the test tube, okay? A lot of things can happen in a test tube that will not happen in a human body, or a lot of things will happen in a human body and never happened in the test tube, okay? And that's the big problem we have with this mRNA vaccines never tested on animals, okay? It tested on very few humans, um, but still, it's it's an experiment. And, it's, and they're using me, well, not me, but the people that have taken the vaccine, they're using it as a, a, a gigantic worldwide lab experiment. And if you're comfortable with that, then go, go get the shot. Um, I know that men are faulty. I know that men's hearts are wicked, which is being proved out more and more every day with this COVID nonsense. Um, and knowing that men's hearts are wicked and, and dirty and evil, especially if they don't have any um, faith, um, I'm trusting a faithless person that believes in himself to come out with something that's going to try to protect me and, and save me maybe. Ah, sorry, it ain't going to happen. Um, and I'm getting that way with more and more medications. I really am, you know. I'm looking at alternatives now. You know, um, the um, ivermectin was an alternative. You know, I'm I'm taking quercetin and zinc. It's supposed to be effective in helping you get over this thing or even preventing it if you haven't had it yet. And um, I think there's a lot of stock in that. Um, some people are trying, trying hydroxychloroquine, which seems to be working very well. But the, the powers that be in pharmacy world, you know, pharmacy world, Walt Disney production, you know, it's, um, they're trying all these things just like you and I are with the hydro, hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin, except they have diplomas on the wall. So they can do it and they have some kind of credibility where you and I don't, even though we know people that have used these things and gotten over this thing a lot faster, people that have basically done their own little lab experiment on themselves um, and had success. And then they told somebody and they had success and they told somebody else and they had success. Well, that's a repeatable scientific method. Okay, and that's what science is all about. Not that you can just repeat it once, but it has to be repeated over and over and over again for, for an experiment to prove to the scientists that are doing it and to others, their peers, that this thing actually works the way it's supposed to work and it was done properly. Um, something that wasn't done with the mRNA vaccines or the viral vector vaccines for that matter. So anyway, um, I got to get into this because I don't want to, go too long but um so let me do this all right we're gonna go to pharmacy times and i'm gonna show you lots of lovely little things now if you go to pharmacy times you're gonna and you click on the right mouse button or the right button online you're gonna come to this page it's all news okay and there's a variety of stuff on here there's some really good stuff on here don't get me wrong okay but with the COVID stuff, they're just following the narrative that they're being told to follow. Um, we're going to talk about this tonight. Um, uh, they're talking about 
mRNA may be produced or thoughts of kidney transplant, you know. Uh, this mRNA vaccine, according to Pharmacy Times, is a, like the second coming of Christ, for goodness sakes. Um, but it goes into all these different drugs. Now, when we talk and you see MAB behind something, MAB, or uh, VIR, or NIB, um, most likely that's an antiviral, Okay. Uh, Novartis Medical Partners report positive data from COVID-19 antiviral trial. Okay. They're coming out with a vaccine. Of course, they're going to say it works. Um, but did it work in a lab on animals? And did the animals live when you did it or did they die soon afterwards? Um, like happened with a lot of these other uh, vaccines. Um, so anyway, as you can see, you know, the list goes, I mean, this page goes down and down and down and down and down. Um, <laughs> now here, uh, we're not going to look at this tonight, but studies suggest COVID-19 vaccination associated with small, temporary increase in menstrual cycle length. It doesn't talk about the women that have gone sterile because of it. It doesn't talk about the fact that no, a lot of times it's a very large increase in the, in the cycle length. Sometimes the cycle goes away, but they might find one study, one little study. It says study. It doesn't say studies, study. Okay. But if you have a study on hydroxychloroquine, oh, no, 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 no. Can't believe that study, you know. You know why? Because hydroxychloroquine is hydroxychloroquine has been around for years and um if it works pfizer merck uh, the other companies that are making oral drugs for this uh pandemic or plandemic as i like to call it um they're going to make a lot of money off of these drugs okay um that's it's it's that simple Okay, so let's, um, oh, don't even tell me I lost them all. I had a whole, I do not like Google. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We'll just go down the row. Okay, study Covaxin COVID-19 booster neutralizes Delta and Omicron variants. <laughs> neutralizes. Wow. Let's look at this because I found some fault in this, this article. All right. It was, uh, the study was conducted by Emory University, and they took blood. That's what Sarah means from individuals who had the booster shot six months after getting the primary two-dose series. So they had the two doses six months later, got the Covaxin booster shot. Um, and it says that the um, that it obliterated one of the um, here. What is it? The uh, this is the booster of BB. Okay, it eliminated something um, that has to do with uh, with COVID nineteen. Okay, so but we know that that's bupkis. That's um, it's bovine scatology, because if it actually did that, they would be coming out with it tomorrow. But 
this drug is not being produced by Pfizer or Moderna. And it is probably not going to make it very far. Pfizer seems to have pretty well sewn up the market. And um, if Kaiser, if Kaiser, if Pfizer, um, sorry, Kaiser, I didn't mean to bring your name into this. Um, if uh, Pfizer um, doesn't think something's going to work, trust me, they're going to pour enough money into the FDA and, uh, and the CDC to, to have the, have the, uh, the company that makes this um, Covaxin um, pushed out the door. So anyway, but uh, early study showed, okay. Well, what about the later studies? Okay. Um, are they doing later studies or are they just going to go by the early studies? Okay, you got to read these things and, and really tear them apart. Because if you do, you're going to find out that uh, the words aren't worth the paper they're printed on, so to speak, you know. Um, let's see. And to say that it knocks out Delta and Omicron, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. It really is. It's, uh, and if it did that, then the FDA would have approved it right away. But maybe not because the FDA doesn't want people to get better. Okay, we've got an agenda here. We've got an agenda to depopulate the world and we've got an agenda to make the, the drug companies rich. And if people get cured of COVID-19, there's no need for the um, the two mRNA vaccines that we know about. I don't know about Covaxin if it is or not, but if, if you cure something, the drug companies don't make money off of it. Okay. Um, I would say in another year when enough people have been debilitated uh, through different things, different mechanisms uh, like um, neural problems, um, lung problems and everything else, when the drug companies can start making money off the people they've debilitated, then maybe something will come out and that will kill COVID-19. But until, it, until it's going to become a moneymaker, no, it's not going to happen. Mark my words, it's not going to happen. Okay. So I am so glad that I saved this list because I had them all lined up in a row. You know, I really did. Um, and it all just went away. All right. So let's go down here a little bit. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to open this up, but fourth dose of mRNA-based vaccine may produce response for kidney transplant recipients. See, it's the second coming of uh, Dr. Salk or something. <laughs> um, let's see, we're going to keep going down here. Oh, I, lo I love this one. I just love this one. <coughs> okay, let's open this up. Because a recent study suggests, here's that word, suggests. It doesn't, it doesn't say proves, it says suggests. Okay, may I suggest that pharmacy times not print things until they know they're fact. Okay, that general, uh, generalized immune boosting properties may have many vaccines, many vaccines. We're not talking COVID-19 vaccine here. 
can cross-protect patients against multiple pathogens, including COVID-19, according to uh, Wheel Cornell Medicine press release, okay? So they're saying that maybe the, uh, well, here, let's go down a little bit, and I'll tell you which ones. Because um, I read this earlier. All right, here. The research shows values of cross-protection consistent with the data early studies on measles. Influenza, tuberculosis, and other immunizations. Team found that an unrelated vaccine that provides provided just five percent protection against serious COVID nineteen, and was delivered only a small portion of the population, would have caused a substantial reduction in caseloads and hospital use. <laughs> so come here, I'm going to give you this measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine, and it's going to take care of COVID for you. My goodness, how stupid do they think? And if a pharmacist believes this crap, God help him um, or her. Additionally, uh, let's see, Co- it co- correlates closely with age. Um, everyone over 20 years of age or more was effective in strategies targeting only the elderly. The research team hypothesized, oh, and the hypothesis. Not a fact, folks. A hypothesis. Okay. But I guess guys that believe that we came from monkeys will hypothesize about anything. Um, The research team hypothesized that younger people having more social contacts across age groups and timing of vaccinations could have made a difference. Okay. Could have made a difference. Not the, well, if it's a hypothesis, I guess it's not real anyway. So, um, Hubert said the new findings are a double win, suggesting that even nations with difficult distribution, enough difficulty distributing enough COVID-19 specific vaccines can intervene with a routine immunization against the pathogens and in combination with non-pharmaceutical interventions such as face masks. Yeah, right. Uh, could potentially stop ongoing COVID-19 waves while preventing other diseases. Oh, okay. So, yeah, give them MMR, MMR shot. It'll protect them against measles, mumps, and rubella. And it'll probably protect them against COVID, too. This, this, You can't make this crap up. You really can't. Um, each and every additional protective measure that we can muster across populations at risk, even small ones like, like we modeled, will lead to fewer infections, which means fewer new variants, which means a quicker end to the pandemic. And you call yourself a pharmacy times, you call yourself a responsible, um, responsible rag, you know, no, you're just a rag. Okay. So let's go back here. This is, we've seen enough of this stupid article. Okay, why didn't we go back? All right. All right, let's go down here and... Okay, we looked at that. Um, Let's see. Um, Blood sugar regulation. See, there's some more of those drugs. Mab. And this one here, it's Luma. I don't know. Um, they must have another drug class now. 
Um, let's see. Oh, come on now. I know there's a whole bunch of stuff here. Okay. You know, let's, let's talk about pharmacy safety. Okay. Let's talk about vaccine safety. Where are you going with this, Dave? Okay. Here's, here's where I'm going. Um, as many of you know, I was a nurse or am a nurse retired. And, um, of course we were taught, taught how to give, um, vaccinations. Uh, we practiced on oranges first and then we went to humans. Okay. We were told that every time, not some of the time, not 25%, 50, 75, or 80% of the time, but every time that you give an intramuscular injection that you put the needle in, you draw back just a little bit. And if there's any blood in the syringe, you take that syringe out of the arm and you throw it out and you drop another syringe. If you have blood in a syringe, it means you probably hit a vein somewhere. Okay. And drugs that are <clears throat> meant to be intramuscular are meant to be injected into the muscle, not the vein. And because the vein will slowly absorb it. Okay. And slowly release it into the bloodstream after it's the vein kind of filters. Actually, the muscle kind of filters it a little bit and helps it to not spread out immediately. Okay. You inject it into the vein, it goes right into the bloodstream. And there's more and more evidence that these mRNA vaccines, especially Pfizer and Moderna, have these little nano things in them that are sharp, like razor blades. Um, Dr. Nowak, Andreas Nowak in Germany was killed because he discovered this. Okay. These things, if they get into the blood right away, they start tearing up the, the, <clears throat> the veins. And then they get into the arteries, they start tearing up the arteries, they start tearing up the liver, the, uh, the kidneys, the, the pancreas, anywhere that blood goes to, it starts tearing it up in, in the spleen, which is really serious. Um, and that's why people are bleeding out. They're bleeding to death. And, um, and it's also would, would cause blood clots in the arteries and in the veins. So people would be getting deep vein thrombosis. They'd be getting, um, uh, blockages in their arteries around the heart up in the brain which would cause an aneurysm which would be a stroke okay um my own mom um she got two of the I, I tried to talk her out of it trust me um it fell on deaf ears everybody else in her senior community was doing it so she had to do it but anyway um took both injections and um, just last week had to go to the emergency room because she had a bloody nose and she bled out, bled um, quite a bit, almost like um, a whole pint. Okay. And they had to go up there and they used some Afrin up there, which is a smart idea actually, when you think about it, because Afrin constricts the blood vessels um, and that stopped the bleeding, but she never has had bloody noses before ever. And now she's starting with bloody noses after getting those two injections. Thankfully she's not going to go get the booster. So anyway, um, you see, when you start seeing it in your own family, so these things went into her blood. They did as they started getting into the small veins in the nose, starting to cut up the veins in her nose. And, um, you know, a scientist was, how do you know that? <laughs> well, 
She didn't ever, she never had bloody noses before ever. Even when she fell on her face one time, she never got a bloody nose from it. But she goes out and gets these two, two stupid injections and all of a sudden she starts getting bloody noses for no reason. Just sitting there, all of a sudden blood starts pouring out of her nose. Sorry, there's a reason that happened and it's because of the damn vaccines. Um, anyway, I can get really emotional about this, start messing with my family. Um, so anyway, <coughs> sorry, I had a, my voice was starting to sound like Rod Stewart again. Um, you know, you find these little articles, your low dose psilocybin found to have no short or long-term detrimental effects on healthy individuals. I don't know. I knew people that took psilocybin and, uh, and other hallucinogenics, and they're not quite normal nowadays. And how do you know they don't have any long-term effects? You know, if you're just starting to study this stuff to see if it works, you know, I've been doing it for three or four years. That's not a long-term study. Okay, so there's a fault right there and just in the title. Okay, um, let's see. J&J COVID-19 vaccine shows 85% effectiveness against hospitalization in South Africa. Well, that's real interesting because the people in South Africa are resisting any vaccines tooth and nail. Okay, they've realized that these things are poison and they're not taking them. As a matter of fact, the... Um, the president, I believe it was, of South Africa came out and said, you know what, we're not going to have mandates that you have to take these things, you know. And, um, of course, I think he's in a little fight with his legislature down there, but um, even he knows that these things are bad, okay. So it's funny how they'll, they'll find studies or make up studies, for that matter, about places where you really can't look. But you know what? <laughs> Um, if you go on Telegram, uh, there are groups from South Africa on there that are fighting this vaccine crap and all these mandates. And um, you're going to read a lot different news than you're going to read um, in Pharmacy Times and other uh, communist leftist rags here in the United States. Okay. There are other things here, folks. Um, let's see. Preclinical data find at-home COVID-19 tests potentially as good as laboratory PCR tests. Yet we hear, even on the news, we hear that they're no good. They have a large false negative and false positive um, track record. So where, is, where are these delusional people at Pharmacy Times coming up with this crap? And why do pharmacists read it and believe it? because other pharmacists are printing this stuff. And it's the, the good old boys club. You know, you, you're going to believe what you hear. Okay, now, come on. There's a whole bunch of stuff here. See, now there's, um, just so you know, antivirals. That's an antiviral. Because it's got MAB behind it. That's got an antiviral. Oh, against Omicron variant. Combination therapy of this antiviral and that antiviral retains neutralizing activity against Omicron variant. Okay. But you don't see it being rolled out to treat people, right? Probably because they're doing legitimate tests on these things and they're not rushing them through. And these are oral drugs, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Um, 
Let's see. We keep going down. Uh, study individuals with COVID-19 have increased levels of oxidant damage, oxidative stress. Okay, well, that, that could possibly be true because it affects the, if it affects the lungs, and yes. Okay, I got no problem with that. Um, come on. I saw like 10 articles in here. This is embarrassing. I had them all set up to go. And uh, for some reason, Google didn't like that. Wow. This is where it's almost like they knew I was going on the air with this, and they took the articles off here. Oh, this ought to be interesting. Gilead and uh, Sciences announces results of phase three study of rem remdesivir for COVID-19 treatment. Let's see. They had an 87% reduction risk for composite primary endpoint and virus-related hospitalizations. Um on all-cause death by day 28. Interesting, but rendisivir also kills kidneys. It destroys kidneys. And yeah, you might survive COVID-19, but I don't know. You're not going to have very many kidneys here. Uh, and notice that all these articles are from January. We're only down to January 3rd, which was a very good day, by, by the way, um, in the history of mankind starting in 1959. Um, yes, I'm proud to have been born during the Eisenhower administration. Um, study shows U.S. adults have increased blood pressure levels during COVID-19 pandemic. Well, yeah, I don't know about you folks. Um, I'm going to work my way back up here and see, um, cause I think I missed some stuff, but, um, when I'm getting sick, my heart starts beating like a son of a gun. I mean, usually I'm on medication that'll keep my heart down in the 60s or low 70s. Okay, when I, one of the ways I know I'm getting sick <clears throat> is my heart starts beating 80, 90, even in the hundreds, like 102, 103. I know something's wrong. Okay, sometimes it's because I'm low on potassium. I just take potassium. But other times I take potassium and it doesn't help. And a day or two later, I'm coming down with something. Okay. So it's kind of a barometer that tells me what's what's going on and um, it helps me to understand uh, why my heart is beating so fast. Because when you have atrial fibrillation, that's what you don't want. You don't want your heart to beat fast because it'll throw it into AFib and, and then you got to go to the hospital and get shocked back into normal rhythm. Which is interesting, except they didn't knock me out well enough last time and I actually felt my body move, jump up in the air. Um, next time I'm going to make sure I'm out cold. Uh, that wasn't fun. It felt like somebody punched me in the stomach really hard. Um, let's see. This is bizarre. Okay. Well, maybe we've gotten a point across. I'm just going to scroll down here real quick and see if, um, there's anything else. Okay. Here they're telling you uh, that if you take the uh, the first mRNA-based shingles vaccine, it might help you with uh, with COVID nineteen. Hmm. 
this is bad mojo, folks. It's bad medicine. And the fact that so many people have died and they haven't pulled the vaccine is, um, is a good clue right there that it's purposeful and that it's an intended genocide. Um, you're not going to believe this, but there were probably five or six different articles that were on here that aren't here anymore. I kid you not, they're not here anymore. I had them all saved up here. Well, here's one we can look at. It saved this one. <coughs> Study, flu shots, measles vaccines could help flatten the curve for COVID-19. I don't think we looked at this yet. Uh, this is January 11th on Pharmacy Times. Um, generalized immune, boost, immune boosting uh, properties of many vaccines can cross-protect patients. I think we did look at this um, or something like it. But when you think about it, a lot of people think that COVID is just the flu, okay? And if COVID is just the flu, then yes, getting the flu shot might help people from not getting it. Although I've never seen a flu shot that protected people. <laughs> and every year it was like, oh yeah, well, we think we got all the variants that are going to be out there and we've included them in this batch of flu vaccines and, and people take it and... Either they get the flu right away because they get it from the shots, which always happened to me about when I was foolish enough to take flu shots. And, um, or, um, it does nothing to them. And then when the flu finally comes around, they're the first ones to call out sick. Okay. Flatten the curve. I seriously doubt it. All right. Well, that turned out a lot different than I thought it was going to turn out because, um, this uh, program decided that it was actually, I think it was pharmacy times um, because the only way that those tabs would disappear is if the articles disappeared. I mean, that's the best deduction I can come up with. And um, I kid you not, there was a whole, let me try something here. Let's try doing this. Okay. Maybe we'll find some of the articles that disappeared. Yep. I don't know. I I really risked stating that maybe they got rid of it because I was going to talk about them. But, you know, I've seen stranger things happen. FDA grants emergency youth authorizations for Roach. Uh, COVID-19 at-home test, Siemens Health and Ears COVID-19 antigen self-test. Huh. You know what? I might be interested in the antigen test. That would be, as long as I don't have to report it to anybody. Um, here's that one again. Huh. Study shows cancer patients overlooked in COVID-19 vaccine rollout. I'll bet you they're glad. Last thing you want to do is inject uh, people that have a compromised immune systems with something that's going to 
kill them or make them sick. I'd be very happy if I was a cancer patient. <laughs> they skipped me. Um, well, I guess that fire protection and population. Researchers developed new, more accurate assessment of virus exposure in a population. Wait a minute. We were supposed to know all about how viruses worked in a population. You know what it is. They're realizing that um, they're realizing that uh, their methods aren't working. The masks aren't working. The funny thing is that with the mask is <clears throat> when you're thinking of um, <clears throat> pathogens like uh, bacteria or um, viri and uh, and things like that. Um, yeah, you want to protect all your mucous membranes, but I don't know about you folks, but Looking at me here, we've got three areas of mucous membranes here, here, and here. They never protect the eyes. Never. So a person who cough, you'd be protected here and here, maybe. Seriously doubt it, because the virus is a lot smaller than the mask, um, of course. Um, but you're not protected here. See all that red stuff in there? Uh, those are mucous membranes. Those are little veins in there that would just love to accept a virus or a bacterial infection or something. And um, Okay. I'm trying to see if there's anything else here. I don't see the articles I was looking for, looking at earlier. I'm all the way down at the bottom now too, huh? This list really went far and wide when I looked at it last time. Interesting stuff, folks. Interesting. I wonder if they could block my, my own personal web from, uh, from looking at certain things. <coughs> I can see some little libtard out there that works for Pharmacy Times or is a narc for, you know, all these different... Um, companies and saying, hey, calling up pharmacy, hey, this guy in Oregon's going to re be reading a lot of your articles in here, and he's going to be making you look foolish, so you might want to pull the articles for a little while. I'll be interested to see if they're back tomorrow. And um, Brian and I, by the way, are going to be here tomorrow. Um, I think Brian will be here. I'll be here for sure. And um, what we're going to talk about tomorrow is um, how things are changing, okay, with this um, whole COVID-19 stuff and, and the things that are going on in the world. Um, the people in Australia have had enough, and they're finally starting to fight back, finally. Um, the people in um, many European countries are starting to fight back. Man, there was a, there's a video clip out there. I'll try to find it for tomorrow. But um, it has the president of some Eastern European country addressing Macron from France. They were having a, a big European meeting, you know, and um, I'm going to get out of this and go back over here. But um, anyway, so the guy gets on there and he says, uh, 
he basically said that forcing people to take this vaccine when it's so dangerous is murder. And he called Macron a murderer. And um, of course, with the stupid mask on, you can't tell Macron's effect after being called a murderer. I'm assuming it wasn't very good, but he was pleading with Macron to lift the sanctions in, in France. It's ridiculous, you know? And um, I saw another video of um, people down in Australia. <laughs> uh, the cops showed up and uh, three officers, it looked like, maybe more, but they were showing three. And the one of them looked like a sergeant, you know, or the guy in charge. And and he walks up uh, and the people are, have the, the front door barricaded with their bodies. And the, the shop is loaded with people, no masks. It was glorious. And the people outside didn't have masks on either. And uh, so these, the cop goes, I want to talk with the owner. And he goes, well, he doesn't want to talk with you, you know, and um, or he said something like he's not here or something. I can't remember. But um, so the cop tries to make his way in there. They won't let him in. And the cop starts to push on somebody. And the guy that's shooting the video is like, don't you push on him? You know, you have no right to push on him, you know. And um, so um, it continues. And then the people inside are are yelling out, get out now, get out now, you know, and this guy has got the camera. He walks up to this other cop. It's hilarious. And the cop's got his, his little, you know, Australian police hat on. He has like the checker pattern around. And, um, and he goes, look at you. He says, don't you feel foolish? He says, you, your motto is to protect the people. And you're fighting against the people. He says, how do you feel about that? How can you justify that? He says, why are you doing this for the government? They don't care about you. They're just using you. And then he looked at him and he says, he says, that you in that mask, he says, you look like a, a Smurf crossed with an X-Man. <laughs> he used a narrow, he used a, a colorful term in there too. But, um, I thought it was quite funny. I love that kind. I love the Aussie humor. It just cracks me up. Um, but um, so anyway, if, if anything else doesn't come across tonight, <clears throat> realize that pharmacists probably believe what they believe because they read bovine scatology, like in pharmacy times, my opinion. And having read it, they think it's gospel because they think that there's people that are higher up in pharmacy land that are more intelligent than they are that are that are pumping this sewage out and they're believing the sewage okay so instead of going to a pharmacy and and, and getting the truth you're getting a turd sandwich basically and but don't hold the pharmacist. I don't know. It's kind of hard. If you've been in any trade, there's trade journals. Okay. There's, if you're a pipe fitter, there's the um, United Association trade journal. If you're an electrician, there's the IBEW trade journal, you know, and a lot of them have a lot, a lot of good information in them uh, because they're the trades and they don't deal with people's lives that much, you know, except the electricians, of course. But um, anyway, um, so every trade has its journals, but the responsibility of any um, journeyman construction worker, 
um, doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, you know, when they get those things is to read it and say, okay, now is this true or not? Okay. And to put the little thing here together, you know, and, and say, okay, well, you know, they're sell they're telling me that, that this drug, let's just use Lasix. They're telling me that Lasix doesn't really cause, um, nocturia, you know, that's peeing at night. Um, it doesn't do that, you know, but in school we learned that you don't take it toward the evening because you'll be all night, up all night peeing, you know, um, that's critical thinking. That's using your brain to differentiate the truth from error. And so the people that trust these schmucks that are way up there in pharmacy land, um, they just believe it. Okay. And then they go out and they tell their customers, you know, well, a new study has come out and it says it's okay. <laughs> you won't pee your bed tonight, you know, and then the person pees their bed and then they don't trust the pharmacist anymore. Okay. So pharmacists need to start relying on their noggin on what they learned in pharmacy school. Okay. And that what they reading in rags, like pharmacy times, dirty rags, like pharmacy times and others, isn't necessarily the truth. Okay. And I think a lot of pharmacists are waking up, especially with the COVID-19 debacle that's going on. And they're realizing that just like that doctor, I told you about that, uh, you know, all that glitters and, um, and healthcare land is not gold. Okay. And they're starting to deduce it. And the smart ones would have got it right from the beginning. Um, the other ones, uh, kind of follow the, the rest of the, um, lemmings toward, toward the cliff, but realized that the cliff was coming and kind of have taken a sit and hold position. But the danger about that is in a sit and hold position, your cliff is that you could actually get pushed off. So it would be better to separate yourself from the crowd, do your studies, do your investigations on your own, and then make a decision that way. Instead of listening to Tom, Dick and Harry at pharmacy times, or, you know, Tomasa and Harriet. I don't think that there's a, well, maybe Ricarda. I don't know. Um, not listening to them and coming up with these stupid, stupid, uh, believing these stupid rules and these stupid lies. Okay. Please, if you're a pharmacist and you're watching this, I'm not here to bash pharmacists. I'm here to bash pharmacists that, are spreading lies and in the end innuendos to their, their customers. Okay. You can't tell me that that COVID-19 MRNA vaccine is safe. And another thing is where do pharmacists get off giving that? Okay. I know that they've given flu vaccines in the past and I disagreed with that totally. You know, I think that the job belongs to nurses and it belongs to doctors. Um, nurses, um, nurses, aides, uh, medical assistants, and things like that. People that are in a controlled environment where they can give it, giving it to a person in a pharmacy, having them sit down for 10 minutes and then leave is not the right thing to do. And if you're giving it, you're not pulling, you're not um, actuating backwards that plunger, if there's any blood in it, then that's, that's malpractice. That's, you know, you, you shouldn't be giving med, meds in any injectable form 
if you're doing that. And if they, if your company told you not to do it, well, who's more important, your ethics, your code of ethics and what you learned in school or Walgreens or Thriftway or whatever, are they more important than what you learned? What makes sense? What's good for the customer? My goodness. You know, and you know, what's funny in the Nuremberg trials, 1947, a lot of uh, Nazis tried to say, well, you know, I was just doing what I was told to do. And that didn't wash with the tribunals there. If you tried to say that, you probably got hung anyway, or went before a firing squad or went to prison for the rest of your life. So if they have a um, Nuremberg II, which I think they're going to have, um, just saying that you were following orders and doing it the way that your boss told you to do it. Nah, sorry. It's not going to wash. When they started, I, I am diametrically opposed to abortion. When they started having stuff like the morning after pill, um, where if you had sex, unprotected sex, you take this pill in the morning, it causes a spontaneous abortion. If there's a, an egg in there and it's fertilized, um, and then you're done with it. I'm sorry, but if that egg has been fertilized, it's got 46 chromosomes and it's a human being. And so anyway, they, they were like, oh, you know, the pharmacy started, you know, giving them out when a person would come in with a prescription for it. And I told my co my other techs, you know, I said, I have a real problem ethical and morally about giving this thing out to people because yes, it could just destroy the egg and that's only 23 chromosomes. And as far as I'm concerned, that's, it would have been destroyed anyway. And the next time the woman had a period, you know, the chances are okay. Um, but to, to take a pill or administer a pill to a person to take it, even if they've been raped, I'm sorry. Um, I couldn't do it. And I told my boss and I told my coworkers, if somebody comes in to get that, I am not going to fill it and I'm not going to bring it out to them and I'm not ringing them up on the cash register. So somebody else is going to have to do it. And most pharmacies were okay with that. They really were. And um, I don't know. I just don't know. But um, it's hard to be a person with morals and values in this world, especially now in the medical world. You know, it's, um, you know, I worked in psychiatric medicine for a few years and it really bugged me. It bugged the heck out of me because I started realizing I met the, you know, when you're a pharmacist and you're giving this stuff out or a pharmacy tech, you don't see the people that are actually taking it in most cases, you know, psych meds, especially because many people are in institutions and stuff like that. And the stuff you do give out is, you know, usually, um, <coughs> um, sertraline or fluoxetine, you know, uh, SSRI and stuff like that. Um, kind of innocuous, not saying it's totally innocuous, but kind of, and, but when you work in a psychiatric setting and you start seeing people become zombies because of medication, and you start seeing them to where they're not living a life. I'm sorry. It's not a life to be asleep 23 hours a day 
because of medication. It's not a life to um, suffer um, EPS, you know, where you're, you got involuntary movements or lip smacking and, and drooling and stuff like that. That's not a life. I'm sorry. It's not. And I, every time I would start giving meds out, I got convicted really bad <laughs> about it. It's like, what am I doing? You know, if this stuff is poison, I'm poisoning these people, you know, and I, I got to get out of this. And that's why I'm so glad the COVID thing came along. Um, I had it back in January of 2020. Um, my wife did too, and we got over it. And, um, but they still wanted me to take the jab. Okay. They weren't forcing me, but they were suggesting it very strongly. Okay. And then they started moving people around and then the people that got the jab started getting sick and calling out for weeks at a time. Um, so that would have meant I would have been giving more medications out to these poor people, you know? And so finally I said, I'm retiring. I'm getting out of this because I can't deal with this. I can't, I can't give medication to people when I think that I'm doing something that's detrimental to their health, either physically or mentally, you know, and I know that it's, it's probably better that somebody is docile rather than walking around schizophrenic and, and, um, you know, nervous and suspicious of everybody and listening to voices and stuff. And <coughs> that's a hard pill to split right there. It really is. And I just got tired of it. I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it anymore. And, you know, I, I constantly pray for the the people that I, I gave the drugs out to, you know, I, um, after working in that, in that field, I am totally convinced that not all I used to, when I was a younger Christian, you know, everything's demonic. If it's not for God, it's demonic, you know, and not necessarily true. Okay. And when you start thinking about it and project blue beam and all these different projects, harp and everything else they have out there, it is not beyond the realm of possibility that some of these folks that are schizophrenic have been affected by, by harp or blue beam and that there actually are hearing voices. Um, and the voices most of the time are malevolent. They're telling them to kill people. They're telling them to do harm to themselves. You know, um, it's never a, a good voice saying everything's good, everything's cool, you know. And if it is, it doesn't last for very long. And um, so I'm convinced that a small portion of it may be demonic, okay? And that could be because the person grew up in a demonic household or whatever, and things have attached themselves to folks, Um but I don't think, I think that when you give a medication to calm a schizophrenic down, all it's doing is, is retarding their, their motor response, uh, retarding their ability to, to reason, basically. Um, it turns people into zombies. It really does. Well, not literally, you know what I mean. They just walk around with a flat effect, walk up and down the hall, up and down the hall, go into sleep, sleep for a little while, get up and walk. You know, is that a life? That's not a life. I'm sorry. And um, 
I don't know. I think that, that there's through prayer and through um, some holistic methods, I think that a lot of schizophrenia could be cured or it could be controlled. Okay. Not by, oh, well, you know, you, you've heard two voices today, so we're going to up your Risperdal or, you know, psychiatry is not psychiatry anymore. It's, it's chemical psychiatry. It's, it's, what can we throw? What kind of drug can we throw at these guys to keep them from misbehaving? I don't know. I don't know. I know that prayer works. I, um, I used to get called out on, you know, uh, codes. I was always a code green when, um, when a patient was uh, misbehaving or, you know, they, sometimes people just go off their nut because they're stuck in a hospital. <laughs> you know, it's, um, I worked there and I felt like that a few times, you know, just, I had to get out of there and go home afterwards. But anyway, um, it's, um, it's throwing drugs at people is not the answer all the time. Okay. But I, what I did find out is when I got called out on codes on code greens and, um, and a lot of times I was standing in the background because I'm an older guy, you know, and they always had these big strapping young guys come down or I'm like, good, <laughs> you go and handle it. Well, anyway, um, so what I would do is I would stand in the background. Um, there was this one guy, I wouldn't mention his name because of patients' rights and everything else, but he would go off all the time. Okay, big guy, big guy, scary, <laughs> big guy. And what I would do is, you know, when, when we get down there, he was yelling. He was almost frothing at the mouth. He was so pissed off. And I'm not, he wasn't schizophrenic, I don't think. He just had um, mood disorders and stuff. Anyway, um, so I I would stand back there and i go, Lord, you know, under my breath, Lord, you know, the guy's obviously having a bad day. You know, could you just get in there and talk to his spirit? Holy Spirit, just fall on that guy and just calm him down. Well, I'd pray that for maybe a minute or so, and then all of a sudden, the guy would start to calm down. And so he went from a loud yell to a, a mild yell. And Lord, you know, you're, you're doing great, Lord. Just keep on going. Just calm him down to where he's, he's maybe just talking loud, not yelling. And pretty soon, he's talking loud, not yelling. And I'd say, oh, Lord, let's just go all the way with this. You know, let's um, just calm him down to where he realizes that he, he lost his temper and and uh, and even have him offer to walk himself into the quiet room. And pretty soon the guy's like, well, you know what? He says, I don't agree with everything you guys are saying, but I did I did kind of blow it. And and, you know, if you want me to, I'll you you can walk me over to the quiet room and he'd go in there and he'd sit in there for a little while. And then maybe they'd give him a pill or something or out of bed or something to calm him down. And, and, um, then he'd come out and he was just fine. Well, I didn't tell anybody I was doing this stuff. Okay. And then one day, uh, one day we went down there, I was downstairs. Uh, we were on the second floor. There was three floors. And the person was on the first floor. He was going off. Not the same guy we just talked about. But um, so I did that. And, and, you know, everything worked out really well. And I told one of my coworkers, um, uh, a Hindu guy, 
that became a very good friend of mine there. Um, I, I want to say his name, but I'm not going to. But he's a really, really nice guy, and I really liked working with him. And he made me laugh a lot. And um, so I told him, I says, you know, when I go down there, I pray. And he knew I prayed a lot. He, a lot of times he would ask me to pray at the beginning of the day, that the day would go good. <laughs> so we'd have me praying at the beginning of the, the shift, which would really piss some people off if they knew we were doing that. But anyway, um, so he says, yeah, you you got to. You're coming with me every time now that somebody goes off downstairs <laughs> or upstairs or, you know, we, we had another stack that we we had to answer to if they had a code green over there, too. And um, and so I did. And uh, it always I would say 100 percent turned out perfect every time. And uh, which goes to show you that. Not necessarily that people are possessed when they're that way, but you know, of course, sometimes, yes. But the fact is that there, there are factors there. There are, um, there are stresses, stressors, stresses, and, and things that set people off. And if you're honest, you know that there are stressors that stress you off. Just like I say that there are stressors that, stress, that set me off, okay? Only thing is that these guys were criminals, and they were in there because of their crimes, Okay. Um, some of the crimes were hideous, but uh, anyway, so we, we got to be real careful not to um, cast de demons on everybody that, that that's mad or, or ticked off or, um, yeah, granted, there are demons out there that know our buttons and they push them and uh, they're not inside of us, not necessarily on us, okay? Sometimes they are. But anyway, um, I just needed to share those things with you because it's um, it's a part of medicine. It's a part of um, pharmacy. And um, I don't think drugs are the answer to everything. Okay. Um, not pharmaceutical drugs. Let's put it that way. Um, when... Uh, I started to get sick. I went to a pharmacy. Actually, it was the day before I got sick. I went to a pharmacy um, here in Cottage Grove, and um, I was looking all over town for quercetin with zinc. I went to a place called Bymart. It's kind of like a drugstore slash, um, slash store, you know, where you can buy electronics, anything. Anyway, uh, they didn't have it. And then I went to Safeway thinking, okay, well, you know, they have lots of vitamins and stuff at Safeway. They didn't have it. So all of a sudden I heard in my head, you know, there's a pharmacy over by the Shell station where you get your propane. Why don't you go check there? So I went went in there and I was just looking around, very small lobby in there, very small. And uh, people were very friendly. And I saw it there and it was quercetin, big letters, quercetin, and smaller letters, zinc. And, and I grabbed it real quick. There actually was two different kinds there, and I grabbed the more expensive one. That's just the way I am. And finally, it was my turn, and I went up there, and I said, I've been all over town looking for this drug. I said, and I found it, and I'm very happy. Thank you. And so she took the bottle, and she, goes, she shows the woman that orders drugs. 
She says, make sure you order more bottles of this. I think this is the last one. <clears throat> and um, so if anybody watches this and they're a cottage grove and they want that, it's at, um, yeah, figures. I can't remember the name right now. But the Shell Station over on, um, I don't remember the name of the street either. But it's the only Shell Station in Cottage Grove. It's across the street over by um, <clears throat> Goodwill. And um, anyway, <clears throat> pardon me. I'm going to get off of this thing because my voice is starting to go. And I want to make sure that I'm prim and proper for tomorrow. But um, anyway, so folks, I, I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. I hope you uh, got something out of it. And uh, just like it says down in a little ticker here, I, why I no longer trust pharmacists and pharmacies. Um, and reading from the Pharmacy Times, that make no sense. Okay. And I'm sorry that they took those articles off of there. I'm going to come back in tomorrow to see if they're there. But um, I kid you not, God is my witness. They were there, and now they're not. So... Somebody knew ahead of time that this show was going to go on. It's kind of neat knowing that we're popular enough to where somebody that mattered for the drug companies knew about this. And they got the Pharmacy Times and told them, hey, take your articles down until he's done. And it's only the articles that I had picked out, too. That's bizarre. Okay, so we refreshed the screen. That didn't do it. I thought maybe that would bring them back. But, um, well... It is what it is, but we got the, we got the point across that, um, you know, again, that pharmacists are only as good as the material that they read, um, that unfortunately a lot of them don't think about morals and values or that, um, pharmacy times could be wrong or whatever journal they read could be wrong. And, um, I just wish that they would get into more critical thinking and realize that <clears throat> that um, that everything you read, all that glitters is not gold. Okay, and um, they they could stick pharmacy times on the cover of that magazine. They could stick um, you know exalted pharmacy times on that. But if they're getting it wrong, they're getting it wrong, and that's all there is to it. Anyway, that having been said, I'm going to go ahead and cancel, not cancel, but get off of here. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. We're going to be talking about uh, how things are changing for the better. Um, if you heard uh, recently, Boris Johnson in uh, England said that they're going to stop the mandates altogether. Um, the English realize it doesn't work. A whole country is getting rid of mandates, but Kate Brown here in Oregon wants to increase them. That woman's wicked. I'm telling you, she's wicked and evil. And so is the governor of California. And so is Ensley up in Washington. Um, they've made a pact actually together that they were, one does, the others are going to do. So um, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> they've got their own little conspiracy going. So anyway, folks, I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. Um, have a wonderful day tomorrow, Monday. Um, we'll see you tomorrow night. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he, may, may he make his face rise upon you and be gracious unto you. May you watch your going out, your coming in, your rising up, and your lying down. And may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. 
Amen and amen. Good night, folks.